Hello and welcome to today's podcast, The Sewing Room, podcast episode 8, recorded on Friday the 10th of June, brought to you by Bishy Barnababes and me, your host, Vicky Hibbins. Well, summer is finally here in the UK. This last week we've had some really lovely hot days where we've been able to go outside lots and it's been great to think that summer is actually here. Although having said that, today it's much cooler and it's going to rain and I'll probably also rain most of next week. The schools don't actually break up in the UK until towards the end of July so we've still got quite a way to go until we get to our summer holiday and then the children don't actually go back until September. I know in different parts of the world it's very different to that. So we're still thinking about sewing for summer when a lot of the rest of the world is thinking about back to school sewing. Anyway, the latest Bishy Barna Babes news, um, the group Bishy Barna Babes Patterns Group on Facebook hit over 500 members this week. It was very unexpected. I'd taken part in somebody else's 2000 member giveaway and people needed to sign up to my group in order to win one of the prizes, huge prizes, I have to say. And as a result, suddenly my members skyrocketed and it was really unexpected to suddenly hit 500 members but also very exciting so I did a quick giveaway there and then Um, unfortunately I hadn't thought it was going to suddenly get to 500 so hadn't planned a really really big giveaway I'll definitely be looking as we near get nearer to the 1000 members no idea when that will be but that will be an exciting landmark and I will then look at approaching other pattern companies to donate a prize just like I've been involved with recently and so that was really exciting gave a quick challenge post on the group which of your Bishy Barnabas patterns you would like to buy and then who you would make it for and did a random drawing and Beck Munro was the winner there and she chose the prairie petticoat and skirt so that's been sent over to her and I look forward to seeing what she might make with it. Um, Always very exciting when people have patterns particularly when they love getting them because they've won them and I look forward to to seeing what she creates with that. I know she's got a couple of children, so I think she might be making it in more than one size. So very exciting. The other news, and one of the reasons why I wasn't paying close attention to how many members were in the group, is that this week I have had more free motion applique patterns out, this time ones for boys. The brothers of the children who the testers were making some of the previous free motion patterns for were getting a bit upset because their sisters were getting all these lovely new clothes even just straightforward t-shirts having really nice applique put on them and they were kind of complaining probably not really big complaining but I think they were felt like they were missing out a little bit and I started getting requests of what the boys would like. So this week has seen the release of Dudley the Dinosaur Prince Patrick and the prince is the same sizes as the other girl ones where you can and also where you can take the head off so that you can put it on a t-shirt and the child's head is the head of the the person in this case a prince and again the hair fits the other ones so they're all interchangeable with the arms and the hair and the clothes as they're the same scale and, and drawn the same way so you can interchange them. Not sure if you'd want to be putting some of the long hair onto the prince, but there you go. You never know. But they are interchangeable, as I said. So we have 
Prince Patrick. And the final one is Rocket Racer, which is a space rocket. And the boys that had those made for them in testing were loving those. And Bryony also saw it and wanted a pink rocket. And I'll tell you more about that later. Also, listen to the end of the show because I'll be telling you how you can get the Dudley the Dinosaur for free. So listen to the end and I'll be telling you more about that. Also, if you would like to get 20% off, in fact, it's 20% off anything in my shop, please use the coupon code BOYTHINGSPC. Now, the PC stands for podcast. The previous BOYTHINGS code that I've had in the Facebook group will expire on Sunday. And as this podcast has not been very good at coordinating with my releases so that I can give you the code so that you have a whole week to be able to use the code. I've created a special code just for the podcast, which is the Boy Things PC. And that will expire on Sunday, the 19th of June, which is Father's Day here in the UK. So perhaps you might even want to get something, one of the rockets and make a Father's Day present because it's possible to scale these up so they would fit on a man's T-shirt with no problem at all. So head over to the Bishy Barna Babes Etsy shop and I'll put a link in the show notes to get you there and use that coupon code. Other news is that I've been taking part in the Sweaty Betty's designer pairs and I've spoken at length on some of the other post podcasts all about Sweaty Betty's and what that involves. But the challenge this month has been to pair up with another designer. What happens is that after you've done a couple of challenges as an aspiring designer on the Sweaty Betty's group, you get to become a mentor. I have to say I haven't been um making patterns all that long and I feel a bit of a fraud saying that I am a mentor but I've I guess I am further ahead than those people who are just coming into it and have learned an awful lot in the last few months but even still there are people who are just coming in as an aspiring designer who have been in the industry for a lot longer but in a different capacity and not making their own patterns who I do feel are way more knowledgeable than I However, in this case, I've been working with Lauren, who is also somebody who is freelance, does freelance designs and grading. I'm sorry, Lauren, if I'm really messing up what it is that you do in your day job, but we have been paired together. She's in Australia. I'm in the UK. It's been great to be working with somebody on the other side of the world, particularly as I went to Australia this time last year, and it's bringing back all sorts of memories of being over there a year ago. And she has the pattern company Sew by Pattern Pieces. And the way this particular challenge works is that the mentor, that's me, gets to choose a pattern from the um, the aspiring designer, in this case, Lauren. And then I make her pattern and then I pair it with one of my patterns and I make that and make an ensemble that goes together. In this case, I was wanting to choose one of my applique designs and put it onto one of her clothing designs as she designs with knit great things. And I knew that I would have no problems finding something that I could add a design to. And as I mentioned, Brian had already asked for a pink rocket. So this was the free motion, free motion applique that I was going to be putting onto the design. It was quite hard deciding in Lauren's shop which item I wanted to choose. I knew I wanted to make a dress. 
I love making dresses for Bryony, whether they're woven dresses or knit dresses. I just love making dresses. They're the kind of things that in the shops are a lot more expensive. I have to say, I don't usually tend to make t-shirts because I can buy those so cheaply and then add free motion applique to spice them up and make them much more interesting. Whereas dresses are one of those things that it's lovely to make. I love seeing her in dresses. She enjoys wearing dresses too. So I knew it was a dress that I wanted to make. And Lauren had had a pattern out recently, which I wasn't so sure about because I thought it only had a racer back. And then it turned out that it's got a variety of different backs to it. Bryony's got really wide shoulders. Well, not really, really wide. That makes her sound like a troll or something. But um, she's quite stocky at the top. She takes after my husband. And therefore, racer backs just accentuate that and make her look even more stocky. So definitely didn't want to race her back. But then I discovered that it did have a normal back. So that would have been an option. And then I saw that she also, her lovely t-shirt, the fun tee pattern, and also the skip skirt, which also includes leggings, she has designed them so they fit together perfectly so you can put the two together and make a dress. And that's what I decided to go with in the end. So I've used the fun tee pattern and the skip skirt, and there were so many options in that that I had to then think about what options I wanted to make. I have to say, it was so much harder making something from someone else's pattern when you're going to promote that pattern in a partnership than it has been normally. Normally, I will, if I'm choosing a pattern, whether I'm testing or not, I will just go with whatever I like best and think, yeah, that's great. If I like it, that's fine. If Bryony likes it, that's great as well. But this time, because I knew that I was working particularly with Lauren, I wanted to really make it the best that I could, something that she would also like and be happy with. And that actually put a lot more pressure on me than I expected. In the end, I went to one of my home ed groups and was very lucky to see a good friend of mine, Sarah Hoggett, who does sew. I will put a link to her sewing blog onto the podcast as well in the show notes. She tests for a lot of different people, fantastic sewer, and I asked her opinion. I took all my fabrics with me that I was thinking about using. I had a navy cotton lycra fabric, a lovely bright pink and white stripe, which actually looks kind of more red and white often, but still great. A lovely, fantastically soft grey fabric I'd got. And I knew I wanted to incorporate those somehow into it. So I took those along to one of the groups and we had fun looking at the patterns and deciding what combinations I would end up doing. So thank you, Sarah, for helping with that. It was great to have a second opinion and not feel that it was all my choices and how that would work out and hope that Lauren would like it too. So got all of those things decided and as there were so many options with the the fun tee and the skip skirt I also wanted to help decide not only what fabrics and where to use them but also which combinations of t-shirt and skirt to use. In the end I went with the t-shirt that has the puffed sleeves and was able to and made the whole dress in the navy cotton lycra and used the pink and white stripe as the accents around the I want to say cuffs but I'm not sure the bands at the on the on the sleeves I don't know whether they're really called cuffs when they're right at the top of your arm so here I am showing my ignorance of sewing again little bits I've suddenly realized I don't actually know but the the bands around the top of the arms around the neck band and also the bands on the pockets 
I added a waistband, which I'll talk about more in a moment as to why I did that, and used the pink and white stripe for those. And I just used the grey as part of the rocket in the end, again, using the pink and white stripe and some other knit fabrics I had as well. First time making a plique with the knit fabric, but it worked out fantastically. Sorry, just while I remember to say that, put that in there. So I had decided on the the t-shirt with the puff sleeves and I decided to do the gathered skirt that has the the gathered well the skirt with the gathered pockets on it so that it would echo the gathers on the sleeves. So having decided that was a big um, decision-making process as to where to get to with that, I then set about making it. Measured Bryony and she came up between the four and five size on the size chart, some parts four, some parts five, some parts in between, and initially cut out the pattern pieces for the age four. Did that on the Friday evening when she was in bed, knowing that I was going to have the Saturday at a um, Mid Norfolk Crafters, Mid Norfolk Crafterholics workshop that I run. I knew that I had the day that I could do sewing there, so I wanted to get ready and have the pattern cut out in advance. But in the morning, when I put the pattern piece against her in order to work out how much to fold up the bottom as to where I wanted the skirt to sit, it just didn't look quite big enough. And I would prefer to have something that has a bit of growing room than something that she can suddenly grow out of. I made a dress in the past that fit her perfectly. It was a gorgeous knit dress, took me ages and then, sorry, it wasn't knit, it was a woven dress, took me ages to make and then she grew out of it so quickly and I was really, really sad that it didn't fit her for longer. So I'd rather have a little bit of growing room rather than no growing room at all. So in this case, I in the end decided to reprint the pattern in the age five and make it from there. Lauren does include some growing room in her patterns with the idea being that if you made it at the beginning of a season, it would last you the whole season rather than having to make another one partway through. But obviously we ha- I had the difficulty that Bryony was actually between two sizes. So there is a little bit more growing room than really needed. But I'm hoping that it will last her not just this year, but also next year as well, which would be even better. So went with that size and reprinted it. When I actually made it at the workshop I was running, I folded up the age five to the same place that I'd folded up the age four pattern and forgot to add seam allowances. So when I got home and I made the top part and the bottom part, I was intending to make the whole dress. Unfortunately, it took me way longer than I expected. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why in a moment. But also I had left my clear elastic at home, which I wanted to put around the the skirt part and it stops it from stretching. Lauren had also suggested putting clear elastic on the shoulders but you could also use interfacing for that and as I had interfacing handy I put the interfacing on the shoulders knowing that I'd got clear elastic at home so I had to do the two pieces separate and know that I could assemble them later when I got home. Unfortunately, when I got home and put them onto Bryony, just to see how they fitted, because I hadn't included seam allowances, the skirt was higher than I really, really wanted it to. So at this point, I'm thinking, right, okay, how can I lengthen it a bit? And had the great idea that I could use the pink and white striped fabric and put a waistband in so have an extra piece and that actually worked even better it ties the the neck band the pockets and everything together so amazingly it's one of those happy accidents where something doesn't go as you planned it but actually what you get in the end you prefer to what you were originally going with so I was really pleased about that I probably did the waistband a bit too wide 
um, than it really needed to be, but I'm still really happy with it. I also made the skirt the age six length and Lauren does um, instructions of how to change the length of things and um, mash sizes together and things like that in her instructions. Although in this case, it was quite straightforward to just use the layers five and six when I printed it and just go down from the five until I hit the six line when I was cutting the skirt. I wanted it to be a little bit longer. The original skirt is designed to be a couple of inches above the knee and my taste is for it to be on the knee rather than shorter. So I did just make it a little bit longer. But although having added the extra wide waistband, it's still a little bit longer than ideal. But as I said, hopefully I'll have growing room for next year and she'll be able to wear it then as well. Going back to why it took me longer than I expected... I've been making a lot of knit garments recently and absolutely loving it. And it's so quick to do. A lot of the things I've been making are really, really fast. This one was not so fast because of the gathering. And I've decided I hate gathering. I like the look of it. I like it when it's finished. But for some reason, I find it a real faff doing the gathering. I do the double line of stitching method I've tried the stitching over dental floss and and various other methods, but I still find that that method gives a really nice gather. But it's just really faffy and takes ages. You stitch one line, then you have to stitch the other line, and then you have to get... Well, you basically know what you have to do if you gather things, I'm sure. Um, And it did take a lot longer because I'd got gathers at the top of the sleeve, at the bottom of the sleeve, and at each of the pocket, that's six lots of gathering. And all in all, the whole dress seemed to take a lot longer than it normally does, or what I expected, should I say. It probably would take just as long as that if I was to make it again. But I'd got used to these really fast knit items and was a bit surprised by how long it was going to take. So the following day, um, after church, I then started working on it to put the the waistband in and put the whole thing together. We had already arranged that afternoon to meet up with Bryony's godmother and her god sisters, as she calls them, at a park. So we'd got that already in the diary. And then later on, we were going over to my parents' house for a barbecue. Bryony stays with my parents, that's her grandparents, on a Sunday evening. So she was going to be staying over there. And I had to have everything done on the Monday morning before I went off to teach and do some substitute supply teaching. So I had to get it all finished in time. I think that somehow sewing machines know when you're in a hurry. They must have some sort of sixth sense that they can tell that you're in a hurry, you've got this deadline, you've got a limited amount of time that you can sew. And they say to themselves, right, okay, all these things that could go wrong will make them go wrong. In fact, actually, there were more things that could have gone wrong, like bobbins running out and things like that, that didn't happen. So I guess it could have been even worse. But for some reason, everything just seemed to not work properly. I cut the band that I wanted to go round between the top and the skirt and then had to sew the two ends together. And I prefer to use my sewing machine to do that rather than sometimes an overlocker just so that it's flatter and things on that particular seam. But it didn't want to do it. I kept trying and I was doing a triple stitch so that it still had some stretch and the ends of the fabric were going down the throat into that little hole and it was getting jammed up and I had to try and start again and then I managed to stitch it across and then when I opened it up and had a look because of the stripes the fabric had shifted slightly and the stripes weren't even I ended up even having to cut another strip because it just wasn't working and 
finally got what I thought was done and started surging it onto the top, got halfway round and then realised that somehow I had twisted the band so there was no way it was going to fit. At this point we were already running late but so was my friend Bryony's godmother. So in the end I abandoned it and decided right that's it, can't do any more right now and took it with me and then unpicked the whole of the the overlocked seam while I was sat at the park for the afternoon. That was a lot easier actually because I was finding the navy fabric quite difficult to unpick even though I was using black thread as it was the closest I'd got. I was really struggling to see the stitches and it was a lot easier to do it outside in bright sunshine. So I just had to stop at that point. I have enjoyed watching the Great British Sewing Bee. It's on at the moment. Um, If you're in the UK, I'm sure you're watching it. I'm not sure whether you can access it from around the world. Probably, possibly on the BBC iPlayer. Not sure about that. But one of the things that I've noticed on there is that they have this really tight deadline and they seem to make mistakes. And you watch it from the comfort of your living room and you think, oh, I wouldn't do that if I was on there. Or, Or, oh my goodness, did they not check that? And oh my goodness, what a mess they're making. And suddenly when I'm given the same deadline, I'm making all these mistakes that I see that they do there. I often wonder why they give them such a short amount of time as it's pretty obvious they're going to really struggle to be able to make their garment in the time that they're given. And I guess it makes for more interesting television when people are making mistakes and getting frustrated than if it was all plain sailing and they just cruised along with all the time in the world and got their garments finished really nicely. So I guess I can see why they do it from a television point of view, but it's very frustrating when you're in the same position. We finally got back from the park and I knew that I had to get this finished before we could go to my parents' house as Bryony had to have the photos that evening because I wouldn't see her again before I'd already got to have the article written. And this time I said to myself, right, however long it takes, however late we are to my parents' house, I'm going to spend all the time I need to to get this done. And surprisingly, everything worked first time, so it was a lot quicker than it had been earlier. When we got to my parents, we had our barbecue and I was keeping an eye on the light. And after the first course, I said to Bryony, right, quick, let's put this dress on. I've got to get some photos. So I took some photos in my parents' garden. Very pleased that I took them on on the raw setting because I had to do quite a lot of adjusting. Somehow the light was in a different place. I'm not used to taking photographs in their garden at that time of day. So I'm not used to where the light is and all of that sort of thing. Whereas the cemetery at the back of our house, which we take a lot of photos in, I'm very used to. Obviously, being a four-year-old, she wasn't necessarily in the best mood for getting great photos. I did manage to get some and that was a miracle more than anything else as we had a lot of arms in the air, silly faces, all the things I'm sure those of you who work with children and young children trying to get decent photos will understand. And finally it was done. Phew. And sorry I've been rambling quite a long time all about this and I hope I haven't bored you too much with it. And if you want to see more and actually see the article itself, then it's on the Sweaty Betty's blog and I will link to that in the show notes. And I will obviously put a photo of the finished dress um, along with this podcast. It was great working with Lauren, really recommend collaborations, lots of fun and I'm really, really pleased with the dress that I have as a result. Often it's challenges and things like this that push us to create things that we wouldn't do normally. I don't think I would have taken as much time or possibly abandoned it and given up and said, no, I can't be bodily fiddling with the gathers and all of that. 
but I'm really, really pleased with the final result. I'm not going to talk about a product as such today, um, in, but I'm actually going to talk about my overlocker, which I guess in some ways is a product, but it's a very expensive product. And it was something that I've bought recently. And on episode six, if you want to check back to that episode, that's when it actually arrived. I did get the video up onto the blog as well, if you want to see the video of me opening it. I have since discovered what some of the various little bits are for that came with both the sewing machine and the um, cover stitch. And so it's been great. Sorry, I said I'd got an overlocker. It wasn't an overlocker. It's a cover stitch. I wrote completely the wrong thing down on my notes. I'm really sorry about that. It was a cover stitch that came, not an overlocker. And that's what I'm going to talk about today. But as I was saying, I have discovered what some of the different things are for now that I've read the manual. So that was very, very helpful. And thank you to people who have commented on the video on YouTube to let me know what some of these things are that I didn't know when I was holding them up in the video. So that was on episode six. On the last episode seven, where I talked about the Darcy dress and the slinky fabric that that's made of, and that was what precipitated me getting the cover stitch in the first place. So if you want to get some more background information, you can check out those episodes if you haven't done already. But I just want to talk to you today about some of the differences I found between the cover stitch sewing machine overlocker and my first experiences of using that. I have to say, I thought it would be more similar to an overlocker rather than a sewing machine, whereas actually it is more similar for me to a sewing machine. It has three needles, and so three of the cones of thread connect to the needles. You don't have to use all three. In fact, I haven't used all three. All three would give you three lines of stitching, which I have to say on ready-made garments, I don't see very often. I'm now noticing things more And I have seen it occasionally, but more often it's the two threads. They can be close together, so you use two needles next to each other. Either the two needles towards the left-hand side, two needles toward the right-hand side, depending upon how far away you want the needles from the edge of the, the presser foot. Or alternatively, you could use the outside needles to get a wider double line of stitching. It's also possible to use just one line of stitching and then you'll get a kind of chain stitch on the reverse side. Um, Tried that just to see what it was like. Wasn't amazingly successful at the moment. It might be that I didn't have my tensions correct. But I have been using a lot the two needles in the left hand position. I've also really enjoyed putting a the woolly nylon thread onto the looper thread so it's on the back. Makes it really nice and soft and gives it a little bit more stretch. Again, it's fun fiddling with the tensions as the tension's different for that than the normal thread. So because of having the looper, I thought, ah, that's why it's going to be similar to an overlocker or serger. A lot, lot easier to thread than an overlocker, I have to say. The the looper is really straightforward to thread. I don't find my overlocker difficult to thread anymore. When I got it, I decided that I needed to learn how to do it. And I just did it again and again whenever I needed to wasn't worried about it and now I can do that very quickly but it is a lot more fiddly than the cover stitch. The big difference between the overlocker and a cover stitch though is one you have to lift up the the foot when you want to use the cover stitch. With the overlocker you can just kind of tip up the front of the foot and poke your fabric underneath. You do have to lift up the lever just like you would on a sewing machine. 
And the other thing is with an overlocker, if you haven't used one of those, you start stitching with no fabric in and get this long chain that, that you take out the back of the machine. Then you, then you overlock along where you want to go and then you stitch off it and keep stitching for away afterwards. So again, you have a long tail at the other end that's all looped together. Whereas with the cover stitch, you have to start right at the beginning of the fabric, just like you would on a sewing machine. And it does feel more like a sewing machine when you're actually stitching with it. And when you get to the end, again, you need to stop. You can't go backwards, but you lift up the um, presser foot at that point and you pull the whole thing with the threads back and you do cut it off with a tail, but it's not a twisted or loop tail like you get with the overlocker. It has been great to be able to do hems on all the knit things that I've been making. Fabulous for that reason. As I said, still getting the tension exactly right. Occasionally on things like leggings where they're stretched more around Bryony's legs, the tension was a bit tight and you're starting to get some tunnelling and things. But I think this will be something that I will get used to more with time. I think it's going to be very much like when I got my overlocker. I'd had a sewing machine for years and years and years. Only reason why I got an overlocker was because my sewing machine had to be sent away to have some work done on it. And I thought rather than buying another sewing machine to tide me over, I'd buy an overlocker. I have to say you do need the sewing machine as well. So couldn't do a great deal of things with just an overlocker. But it meant that once I'd got the overlocker, I couldn't imagine sewing without it. I use it all the time alongside my sewing machine and love it. And I think this is going to be similar with my cover stitch. Didn't think I needed it. Eventually decided I did because I was struggling with the sort of knit fabrics that I was sewing. But now that I've got it, I won't be able to imagine life without it. And I'm really loving using it. The one that I bought from Sewing Machines Direct, I think was the name of the place I got it from. I think there's a link to it in the other episodes of when I got it, episode six. It came with lots and lots of extra cones of thread. And part of me thought, oh, yeah, great. I can't see when I'm going to get around to using those. I'll put them to one side. Um, Loads of thread on the normal serger cones. So I will wait till I run out. And then I've discovered that actually I did need all of them because it's a lot easier to have the four cones on the overlocker and just left on there and then have three cones on the cover stitch and then not have to keep unthreading the overlocker particularly because that's one that really takes the time to rethread. So it was useful that I got all of those with it. I have heard that some people really don't like their cover stitch and there seems to be a bit of a love-hate relationship with them but I guess I'm lucky I'm in the love side and absolutely loving having mine. As far as what I've been sewing in my sewing room this week, there has obviously been the dress for the Sweaty Betty's pair designer pairs and I've made that. But I want to talk now about some things that I made a little bit before that and a couple of things that I tested for. One of the things that I tested was the Manly Baloo boxers by Sewer Baloo and I made a large for um, my hubby. I had some fabric to use and they were a little bit small at the time so the pattern got sorted and was enlarged. He wanted the large size and I went by the size that he was already buying in boxers. Men tend to wear their boxers around their hips rather than around their tummies and I don't think it had taken too kindly to me of measuring him anyway so I just looked at the size that was on his boxers 
and went with the same size as far as the pattern was concerned. As I said, they were a little bit small initially, but the pattern got sorted during the testing process. And the second pair with the new sizing fitted him fine. He said they were very, very comfortable. I did find doing the the fly part of it very, very tricky. I've done it twice now and still find that not the easiest thing. But obviously, if you're up for a challenge, have a go at that. My nephew inherited the the first pair that were too small for my husband, not quite enough um, stretching room. They kind of fitted when he was standing up, but he said he wanted more room in them. So my nephew inherited those and he actually even let me take some photos of him wearing them. No head, so you'd never know who it was. That was the kind of agreement for him agreeing to actually wear those and let me take photos of him wearing them. I will put an affiliate link to that pattern in the show notes. I don't know whether I'll be making any more of them, mainly because my husband wasn't actually that appreciative of all the work that I went to in making them. So I think I might just make him buy his own boxes in the future rather than me making them for him. And I can use my time to make things that are more appreciated. I think he liked them. It was just that I guess for men, clothes, underwear, it's not that necessarily that important. But if you want to have a go at making boxes, that pattern is there. And as I said, I'll put the affiliate link in. The other pattern that I've been testing is the Layla Jane Deluxe Charlotte Leggings. I think there has been a free version of her leggings. I'm sorry, I don't know exactly um, where you can access that from. But if you were to join her Facebook group, I'm sure you would be able to find out there how to access the free one. I think the free one is just a very, very basic legging pattern. Whereas the Deluxe Charlotte Leggings has various lengths of leggings, jeggings, sweatpants, skirt add-on. So a lot of variations on that pattern. I tested the four-year-old for Bryony and did the knee-length leggings. And I will put a photo of those on the the podcast as well on, on the website. The pattern comes in girls six months to 14 age 14 and the boys sweatpants the pattern said it's six months to age six the the pattern itself has four pieces so a kind of front and back for the right leg and a front and back for the left leg and that's how I made my original pair for her that I did in testing I have since made several more pairs but to save time and because I kind of felt that I didn't need that side seam on a pair of leggings I guess if you were making jeggings and you wanted to make them look more like jeans then you would need the side seam all I've done is just butted the two pieces next to each other so I've just ended up with each leg as a separate piece rather than two pieces and they are really really quick to sew together so again I will put a link on that one to that pattern in the show notes as well that's kind of it for the most of the content for today's podcast. As I said earlier, if you listen to the end, you would find out more information on how to get the dinosaur, the Dudley dinosaur and the free motion applique tutorial for free. And I am giving that away free to people who sign up to my newsletter. So if you go to the bishibarnababes.co.uk website and sign up to the newsletter, then hopefully if this all works, I haven't managed to 
fix it yet, but I will get that done before the podcast goes live. Hopefully when you sign up, you will get a link or you'll be able to download those files somehow. That's a thank you for signing up to the newsletter. Those of you who have signed up previously, I have sent a email newsletter out recently and that has a link in it to be able to access both of those, both the dinosaur free motion applique pattern and the free motion applique tutorial. So if you haven't got that, you might want to check your spam folder to see whether it's gone in there by mistake. There was a time limit on how long that code was available for. If you have any problems, then just email me and let me know. The other thing that I am adding to the podcast site is also a donate button on the side. When I started this podcast, I was able to do so many hours free not able to do that anymore. And the more episodes I create, the more I'm going to end up having to pay in order to actually keep this podcast going. So I would really appreciate any donations, however small, towards the the running cost of the podcast. If you enjoyed listening to it, I would appreciate that. Or alternatively, buy one of my patterns because that also helps with the running costs of the podcast. But thank you so much again for listening. I've enjoyed talking to you. I hope you've enjoyed listening and I hope you have lots of fun in your sewing room or wherever you sew. And bye-bye for now. And I'll speak to you in a couple of weeks time. Bye-bye.